Warning! The Bone Bad Joe is intended for adults only and contains bad words and other yucky stuff that may make some people very angry. So watch out! You off, tell us a joke about dicks In the mix you got the desk not telling you where it's at Stephen Gord, oh my lord, bowing down to bone bat Podcasting your asses in nerdy masterful classes Speak the speak of the geek to all the internet masses Take your glasses off the set, I'm dropping bombs on your dome In your home, pull your bootstraps up, it's time to burn chrome Dirty jokes from the nerdy blokes Chewing on them Kirby loads Of that quirky counterculture wrapped up in their wordy show B-movie holy men, wombat metalhead Politics, amen, independent artist friends Renaissance guys of the full fan spectrum Nonchalant notables break through the bedlam of bullshit Quick wit, crickets of the populace Vulcan with some Romulus Rolling prime like Optimus We're gonna die! Don't you understand? We're all gonna die!
Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 186 of the Bone Bat Show. This is Steve. This is Gord. You know, next episode is going to be 187. Oh, that'll be a trip. I'll have to get Snoop Dogg on. Yeah. As our musical guest. But in the meantime, how you doing, man? Well, I'm, I'm honest as well as one can be in this time of crisis, I suppose. It's a crazy uh, time, man. Yeah. Yeah, but you know what? We're we're cutting edge. We're we are ahead of the curve. Before there was even a curve to be flattened, we were ahead of the curve. <laughs> That's true. That's a good point. With the podcasting, podcasting from the home office. Doing it from the home office, yeah. Yeah. It's been nuts. I was thinking today, I haven't seen a movie in a theater since February seventh, which is probably the longest I've gone in my adult life. Three months without going to a movie theater. That feels so weird to me. Yeah, maybe that might have happened at some point in college, but I, I doubt it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Well, in college, they had, like, the cheap midnight movies. So I went to the oh, movies yeah, all the that's time. Right. And then they had, yeah. like, Tightwad Tuesday, where you'd go for, like, four bucks and get popcorn for the same price. And so I've always gone to the movies. It's such a big part of my life. And now to just be cold turkey cut off has been crazy. At least we have a lot of things we can watch at home. It's not like... Back when you were in college, when That's if this true. happened, you'd be shit out of luck watching That's one true. of four channels are, and, and Showtime. In the scheme of things, we're very lucky. Yeah. Neither of us have got the Ronas yet. That Well, you know, we're going to talk about that a little later <laughs> in the show. Um, you know, we've, we both have jobs where we're still able to work. And f- unlike many people who are in service and restaurant and bars and industries like that, theaters, uh, yeah, we've been lucky so far that we still have jobs we can go to and uh, are able to keep it rolling. But, uh, you know, hopefully we can give a little back tonight by playing just a ton of new music from all of our musical friends. Opening the show tonight, uh, a brand new cut from Detonator right here in Seattle. Their new album, Detonator Volume 1, was released on the last day of 2019, and that song was called Afterburner. I hope you dug it. I felt like we needed a little pick-me-up after all this quarantining, man. I think you're right. It's a good pick-me-up. Also, playing in the background right now, we've got some amazing new music from Thomas Andrew Doyle, a.k.a. Tad from Tad and Brothers of the Sonic Cloth fame. His brand new release is called Accretion Mass, the score or soundtrack, perhaps, of a film that is not yet made that will be making us sound ever so dramatic as we continue through the show. Uh, In addition to that, we've got many, many more tunes from many, many more artists. Man, we've got a lot of great stuff to play for you tonight. There's going to be a lot of entertainment in store. Yeah, entertaining stuff, not just us, because we're not all that entertaining. No. We love music. Although we, we did do an entertaining thing recently. Yeah, we did. We did. We uh, can't do an actual film fest, so we did a f- online version. A little a little thank you to everyone that's put up with our shit. <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> what it was. Uh, pulled together three hours of shorts from the first nine years of the Comedy of Horrors Film Festival. And... Uh, Played that on April 25th via Vimeo, and uh, everybody who was able to attend, uh, it was a great time. We did have some technical difficulties, and uh, my apologies to you personally if you weren't able to get the link and get in. Uh, we had some some craziness right a half hour before we started that uh, 
made it so we had to change the dedicated link for the whole thing, but uh, we were able to pull it off after that, and uh, it was a lot of fun. It was cool having the filmmakers in the chat telling stories about the makings of their film or fun facts. That was really neat. Yeah, I like that a lot. People would say, oh, I love the music, and the filmmaker would go, well, the guy that scored this was, was actually his first project ever, and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. yeah, that was really neat. I enjoyed that. So hopefully we don't have to do this kind of thing again, but at least <laughs> we, we did a little something for you. And it wasn't anything that is detracting from our upcoming film festival. It was all movies that we played in the past, none of the, none of the ones that have been selected to be played in the future. That's right. And uh, the plan still is uh, once SIF comes back online to get with them and schedule a new date. All tickets will be honored for that date. Uh, we still have your T-shirts and your socks and your enormous packages. So we'll pull those together and have those for you at the newly rescheduled fest when we can finally announce that. Uh, Steve if, may have soiled some of your socks. I apologize for that. Not true at all. There was a pair for me just for that. Anyway, <laughs> uh, your tickets will be honored. And if you can't make it, uh, we'll talk to you about giving you you know your money back or whatever we need to do to make you happy. Uh, we want to make sure that the people who have supported us the last 10 years, uh, we support them in turn. So thank you again for your patience while uh, everything shakes out. Uh, I hope you were all safe and well. And uh, we'll make it happen as soon as we can and as soon as it's safe to do so. Yeah, you know, we we did schedule it originally Easter weekend. Maybe this would be a better way for people to celebrate Christmas. Just saying. <laughs> Maybe so. Who knows? Thanksgiving will give you something to really be thankful about. If it's on Thanksgiving, I'm bringing a turkey. That would be awesome. It may or may not be cooked. It, it may will, or may not be alive. All the, all the enormous packages have a scoop of stuffing in them. <laughs> Maybe some will get a random drumstick, a big old turkey <laughs> drumstick. The stuffing is my favorite part. We're not going to do any of that John Madden bullshit where we tack four legs onto each side of a turkey. That's not happening. No. I'm just drawing the line right there. I'm fine with that. Turkeys are a two-legged, two-winged beast. Don't turn it into some sort of zerg. <laughs> a turg rush. <laughs> Anyway, You're doing it. Stop. Let's let's do some songs, man, since we have so much music tonight. All right. All right. I'm so jazzed about this next one. So, uh, Two Minutes to Late Night, who, uh, you remember we interviewed Guarcinio like a year ago about his uh, heavy metal late night show. And yeah. uh, he has been doing remote covers of amazing tunes throughout the last three months. And uh, this week he released, this is so cool, uh, ACDC's Riff Raff featuring Ben Kohler and Stephen Brodsky of Mutoid Man, also members of Cave In and Wear Your Wounds, and with Neil Fallon from Clutch, one of our favorite all-time bands. So check this out. This is Riff Raff.
right, once again, that was Riff Raff from Two Minutes to Late Night with uh, Guarcinio Hall on bass, uh, along with Neil Fallon from Clutch on vocals, Stephen Brodsky of Mutoid Man, and uh, members of Cave In and Wear Your Wounds. Very cool. Following that, a brand new cut from the Falcons of Fine Dining right here in Seattle, uh, Johnny Burke who is the guitarist also for Supersonic Soul Pimps, is one of the members of that band. And that song, which also has kind of an ACDC flavor, was called Hot in the Walk-In. Walk-In's normally a place that's cold. I'm sensing an irony here. Not if you're doing it. Ooh. If you know what I mean. I know what you mean. So, dude, uh, before we get to a little more music, uh, what pisses you off, man? Well, Steve, in these times... It's, it's really hard to narrow it down to one thing, so I'm going to give you two. I've got four. Count them. Four people in my I'm house I'm going to give you now. two. And I've got four. <laughs> and I've got Six. four. Do I hear okay. eight? Can I get Stay eight? with me. Sixteen. <laughs> We're doing a Fibonacci bit here. Fuck, you're no. confusing me. Okay, go. <laughs> There's four people in my house. All of us need to be online. All of us are using the internet for work or school, and... As we've established in the past, my internet here kind of sucks, but we've we've done pretty well. There hasn't been a scissor fight. There's been no stabbing related to bandwidth. There's been no scissoring at your house. No scissoring. No scissoring at all. It's it's one chicken, three dudes. So scissoring is right out. There hasn't been a scissor fight or stabbing related to bandwidth in the house, but we have a microwave oven. And this microwave oven is probably deadly because when you turn it on, it has a tendency to knock out the internet to anyone who's connected to it wirelessly. What? Yeah. You turn on the microwave and like the Sonos will stop working or someone's. But the bad thing is if my wife is working on something online and because of her job, she's through like 17 different security protocols and VPNs and firewalls and all this shit. And so if she gets knocked offline, suddenly the thing that she's been working on for the last hour and a half disappears and she has to start from scratch. Oh, shit. Holy shit. I can imagine if you lost 45 minutes of work because somebody needed a hot pocket, that would be a problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So we now have a sticky note affixed to the microwave that says, consult my lovely wife before you turn this thing on, because Jesus Christ. (laughs) If she were to shoot someone because they needed to warm up their tea or something and she lost two hours of work, I'm not an attorney, but I'm pretty sure it'd be a, a justified killing. You see, the problem is your wife's never been much of a video gamer where we all learn save early, save often. That's true. She's not process those life lessons yeah, that, herself. that is a lesson that you you learn to your own chagrin if you you go into a boss battle and you haven't saved properly right so uh why don't you come here and lecture her about that that's not my job i'm okay. quarantined can't do it <laughs> <laughs> can't do it during zoom yeah. over to old zoom conference can't, can't do it all right uh, That's here's, weird, too, that you mentioned that, like, we've Zoomed everybody on the Western Hemisphere, but we haven't Zoomed you guys yet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, yeah, we get enough of the Calkinses. Yeah, fuck those guys. <laughs> Jesus. I think we're all right. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're good. Uh, no, I listen to the podcast. That's really all I need. <laughs> yeah, Article 2, completely unrelated. 
as you know, I have a brain injury, and one of the fun things about the brain injury that just won't quite go away is there are certain situations, usually when I'm in a store, that make me feel like I'm going to physically vomit. And I've, I've learned to ignore these things for the most part. Like, you can tell yourself intellectually, hey, Gord, you're not going to puke. I know it feels like it. I know your body's telling you, you're, good, but you're not. So just, just go with it. And I got pretty good at just going with it. But you put a mask on and you're wearing this little mask around your face. And then your body starts telling you, hey, man, you're going to puke. And, and, it, and it's also telling you, hey, man, you're going to puke into your mask. You're going to, like, seal vomit in over your breathing holes. You, you've really got to change your situation. <laughs> and I know it's not real, but, oh, my God, it sucks. And, yeah, that that pisses me off. I'll be very happy when I no longer have to wear a mask and have to deal with that little axiom to the whole fucking post-traumatic brain injury bullshit in my life. That pisses me off. <laughs> Yeah, the, the whole mask thing is is interesting. It's an interesting adjustment for me as well. Because the masks that we can get on the market right now are mostly, like, just made out of cloth by somebody. They don't fit you. They probably weren't even made, like, by somebody who designs masks for a living. It's somebody <laughs> who's making them to help out and be a good person and to keep us safe, but I don't know that they're experts in the field of mask making. And so you've got this this big, you know, cloth thing on your face. Last Saturday, we decided to run into Seattle and uh, Rumba, uh, the, one of our favorite rum bars in Seattle, was doing, you could buy their packaged Mai Tais from this uh, taco stand down on the waterfront. So we figured, well, you know what, we'll order uh, some tacos and uh, we'll get a Mai Tai to bring home and we'll support the restaurant and that'll be awesome. So we go down, pick up our stuff. Uh, there's some picnic tables down by the water that nobody's really that close. You're well distanced. So we sat there, ate our tacos. And on the way back, we had to stop at the grocery store and pick up a couple of items. And uh, for the first time, I taco burped in my own mask. <laughs> and that was the most horrible fucking thing that <laughs> has ever happened to me. It was my eyes started burning. I was like, Jesus Christ, I hope that doesn't happen again. <laughs> Wow. The only thing worse than that is maybe if you could somehow chili fart into your own mask. <laughs> yeah, that would maybe be slightly worse, but it was pretty brutal. And like you said, I'll be glad when the, the masks are no longer a part of my life, or at least we have some like professionally made paper masks or something that breathe a little better so that you don't have it in with you quite so long. See, I've been rocking the actual honest to God N95 mask because Where do you get them. No place I had them. I had them. Oh, em. yeah. I had one, and I wore it until the point where it was kind of disgusting and nobody wanted to wear it anymore. <laughs> like, yeah, don't share your mask with no, other but people. I bought, you know, you bought three five years ago for that sawdust woodworking project that you had. And once you use those, they've been sitting in your tool bag for however long. Not a euphemism. And then, you know, you wear, you sort of wear them out, and they're, they're not good to anybody anymore. Yeah, I had a couple boxes just because we had those horrible fires and oh, sure, breathing, that makes sense breathing you, stuff. Of course. Yeah, so I had those. I had rubber gloves because, you know, paint and shit that you don't want on your hands. Not actual literal shit, but, you know, chemical stuff. I had this stuff already. You know what else I had? I had a bunch of toilet paper. I had a bunch of paper towels. I had all that stuff. That's good. 
Yeah, but yeah, I had I was about out of toilet paper though, and I so I finally, for the first time in this whole thing, I was like, oh god, is is this even on the shelves anymore? <laughs> is it? You know, I've heard all the stories. Yeah, it turns out it's actually pretty damn easy to get toilet paper. Yeah, I don't. It's, it's it's not like it was when the actual quarantine went down, the stay at home order. Yeah. The first couple of weeks, things were dodgy. <laughs> we were we never had a problem. We can talk about this later, but it was uh yeah, that's what pisses me off, burping in your own mask. Fuck that. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so dude, how about some punk rock? Yeah, speaking of burping in your own mask. Yeah, so this is uh from The Farts right here in Seattle. Uh Blaine Cook, who's the singer for The Accused and Toe Tag was also a member of this band. This is a tune from uh because the fucking world still stinks this is con game
shit, that was an epic raft of punk rock. So first up, the farts from Because This World Still Fucking Stinks, Con Game, and because I can't resist to play a Black Sabbath cover when I can, their cover of Children of the Grave. Following that from Punk Rock Diner Records, a brand new label. They just released a compilation called Escape from Seattle, and uh, we played the tune Fearless One from Sky Penis. Dude, Sky Penis, I got to tell you about them. Awesome punk rock band from Seattle, and their sticker game is absolutely unparalleled. Basically, any bar you go into has a Sky Penis sticker in it. And so we've taken to whenever we go to a bar, you put a social media sticker up, you put it next to Sky Penis. That's what you do. <laughs> that is a good so, plan. Yeah, you cannot compete with Sky Penis's sticker game. It's the best. So check out the stuff on the label, uh, Punk Rock Diner. It's a great compilation. Just came out. I think it's got 16 different bands on it from Seattle and uh, a lot of really cool music for your listening pleasure. Right on. So, dude, what what else has been going on under quarantine? What has life been like for you? Like, you, you're still able to work, so you're, is your daily grind kind of the same because you already work from home? Yeah, kind of. I mean, on one hand, it's nice because I've I've worked from home forever, and usually I'm alone. And so now I'm working from home but have some of my favorite people in the house with me. So that's, that's pretty cool because, uh, frankly, the secret uh, – is that when you work alone at home for a long time, you get kind of lonely some days. So that's that part's been cool. The not so cool part is my business itself is seriously impacted by this whole thing. Uh, so business has slowed way, way down. So my daily grind is uh, not so very full of money making things. <laughs> yeah, there's the the elephant in the room. I don't know if you, you want to talk about it, but. I had to go get uh, get tested for the Rona because I am the one in my house that goes out. Everyone else has to stay in. And so sure, I go yeah. out and go to the store. So that's were you, about were you all looking doorknobs? Did anybody sneeze in your face? Like, was there any anything where you got back in the car at some point and were like, you know what? This might be the day. <laughs> this was the moment. <laughs> no, there was I, I so rarely go out. And when I do, I just do my thing and get back home. But. Uh, I've been having this like this last couple of weeks record breaking allergies, just bad. Lots and lots of boogers seizing up my lungs, kind of seizing up for I've never had anything like this happen to me before. And I just figured it was pollen related. Right. You know, mm-hmm. and sure, I'd feel feel shitty and take some allergy meds and maybe it helped. Maybe it didn't and move on with my life. And I had this one day a couple days ago where all of a sudden it felt like someone grabbed my sternum and just like pushing their thumb and fingers into my lungs on either side of my sternum. Jesus. And I, I, I couldn't quite breathe. I had to do a like a reality check. Like, fuck, should I should I be dialing 911? Should I? And my wife was looking at me. She's like, are you OK? And I went, I wasn't sure. And I had to kind of, you know, go, OK, I can. I can indeed breathe in and breathe out and i just thought man i'm having the worst allergy attack ever so i did something i hadn't done since uh, clinton was in office i took a benadryl which promptly knocked me the fuck out <laughs> right <sir. laughs> just like it used to which is why i don't take benadryl 
and you know woke up four hours later and was feeling kind of shitty and move on anyway fast forward to yesterday headache all night barely sleep try to get out of bed in the morning full body aches joints hurt exhausted everything sucks try to power through it with coffee around lunchtime it's just no dice i gave up went back to bed and that's when i went huh maybe i should check in with my health care provider yeah sure yeah so here's the thing if you have the symptoms of allergies and all of a sudden you have exhaustion and joint aches and headaches and body aches they want you to get your ass tested for the coronavirus and that's what i did so what was it like, like the experience of getting tested for those who haven't been? Yeah, well, it was pretty easy. I went way out to the fairgrounds where they commandeered this building, big old building, and it's just empty, except for a couple of metal chairs and a fold-up table and a guy in a nurse's uniform. It sounds an awful lot like the procedure. <laughs> it was a lot like the procedure. No little thing to keep my eye open, though. Oh, okay. Yeah, and so you you check in, and they only let like three people in this whole building at a time. So there's all, everyone standing in line outside, six feet apart, and then uh, they call you in one at a time, make sure it's you, give you this little bag with a vial in it and your paperwork, and then you walk all the way out to the middle of this essentially empty room. You're like footsteps echoing off the walls, clack, 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 clack. They give you a vial and a paper bag. That sounds an awful lot like your vasectomy appointment. <laughs> I didn't get to keep my ball, though, this time. <laughs> anyway, so you, you hand this little plastic bag with the vial in it to the, the guy that the nurses get up, and he makes sure it's you. Like, yeah, we could have just yelled this from the other side of this empty building. Like, yeah, I'm Gordon. Here's my date of birth. But they're following procedure. Hey, you sit down, and he pulls this swab out, and it's a just like you've seen. Just, you know, it's a stick. It's a, a Satan's Q-tip, big old fluff on the end of it. And he goes, all right, I want you to pull uh, down your mask. Let's cover it in your mouth. Lean your head back, and I'm going to put this up your nose. And even though the swab is, like, probably 14, 16 inches long. Really? What they do, yeah. But what they do is they, they put it in, like, two, three feet into your head. <laughs> It goes way past it's like anything. Bug Bunny's, Bugs Bunny's swab. Yes. It's longer it just keeps than, going, than visible, yeah. Going and going. And I guess what happens is they finally, when they hit the back of your skull, it bends and then it, it like swabs the back of your eyeball. Did you feel and like a they, sprung when they <laughs> I hit, felt hit like, the bottom? I felt seriously violated. And when you're standing there with this, you know, stick all the way into your skull cavity, you can't even be a smart ass. You can do nothing but like imagine. sit there and like tear up. And so uh, you know, he swabs it around for a little bit, and then he, he pulls it out and it keeps going and going and going and finally he, at what point do you say it? before I take this out, who's your daddy? <laughs> <laughs> really, you, you could he could have had me do anything at that point. Like, so what's it worth to you for me to take this out? <laughs> Anything, I don't do anything. I've got seventeen dollars in my pocket. Just to make <laughs> Look, it. I got another four bucks in my van. <laughs> <laughs> Swear to God, I'll come back. Oh fuck! Yeah, then they take it out, and then I don't even know. I ran at that point. I just ran away, <laughs> cry. Just left your pants there. 
Yeah. It was, <laughs> you know, weird. are you supposed to go in without pants? I'm still a little unclear of this. Yeah, so, uh, and at this so, juncture, so you can, I don't you know find what, out what happened in 15 minutes, right? So what'd you yeah, find out? No. They have to send it all the way to Korea to get it <laughs> analyzed, I think. That's insane to me that they can't tell you right away whether or not you have it. Yeah, well, there's no machinery there or anything. It's it's just a guy with a bag of swabs. It's like... So this is, the, this is not the antibody test, right? This is the no. regular coronavirus test. Okay. Yeah. And I don't think anyone there even knows anything beyond what they're supposed to do with it. Uh, they probably don't even know what actual test happens when they send the swabs off to swab land. But I'm supposed to know in 48 to 72 hours, and it's been what happened yesterday, so you do the math. So tomorrow uh, you should know something. Maybe. I'm, I'm thinking Friday. Mm. And you know what? Today I feel way, 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 way better. If oh, I would have waited a day, I would have, like, today, I wouldn't have gone in. So, <laughs> If you had waited a day, your nostril wouldn't have had to deal with that. <laughs> well, it's, I, I don't know why my nose keeps wanting to go into the shower and cry. But. <laughs> That's brutal. Oh, my gosh. Are you even talking about it? It's, it's fucking hurting my nose, like, behind my eye. I can feel it. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Oh. I'm having phantom pains. I laugh now, but you know, it's just a matter of time until I'm going to have to get tested, too. I mean, we all yeah. are at some point. Yeah, the weird one, though, I guess the new really accurate test is they use the same swab, but they have to put it up your penis. <laughs> That's so weird. I don't know why they would do that. How do they test ladies? I, I can't even begin. Ladies don't get the Rona. <laughs> oh, that's great. It seems like there should be one thing that's easier for them. Than yeah, is for this us. is it. This is the one thing. <laughs> it, right? This and getting free drinks. <laughs> All right. Oh, shit. Why don't we listen to uh, some more tunes and we'll come back to this stuff. Okay. So the Super Suckers, Eddie Spaghetti, every uh, week for the last three weeks has been doing a thing called the Living Room Sessions where he plays uh, acoustic versions of Super Suckers songs and uh, tells a story about uh, how the song came to be. And so uh, we're going to play next up Born With a Tail and Creepy Jackalope Eye back to back, including the stories from Volume 2 of the Living Room Sessions. So I hope you dig that. Enjoy. Kind of an eye to tail thing. Hey there, Eddie Spaghetti here with another story behind the song. Um, today I'm going to tackle Born With A Tail. This uh, song appears on the Sacrilicious record, which in my opinion is kind of a flawed record a little bit. Uh, we got Rick Sims in the band at the time, and the chemistry with him, I don't know, it just didn't really work like I'd hoped it would, I suppose. Uh, he was used to being the leader of his band, and I was the leader of this band, and not that we clashed so much, but he was quick to point out the uh, the flaws in the Super Suckers organization at the time. And yeah, it was hard to hear all that sort of stuff, I suppose. But um, some great songs on the record. Uh, Double Wide is on the record. Bad, Bad, Bad. Um, Born With A Tale. These are classic songs that we will play for the rest of our career. So, you know, as far as the creative side of it goes, it was a successful experience. But the final product, uh, I, don't, I don't know. I feel a little bit weird about it, I suppose. It's not my favorite record. But this song is really good. Um, it's got some of the best lyrics I've ever made up. And uh, it's one of those songs that is completely made up. Like, you know, there's not, it's not a whole lot of truth. The, how uh, Born With A Tale came about was uh, 
when I was a little kid, my parents and my mom still to this day insist that it's true that I was actually born with a tail. She's never once relented on that story. And I remember I was going to bed one night and uh, my parents were at the door saying goodnight to me and they had like these papers in their hand and I was like, what are those papers in your hand? And, and my mom's like, oh, these, nothing. I'm like, what, what, what are they? She's like, well, these are just the, this the paperwork we had to fill out when we had your tail removed. Good night. Close the door. I'm like, ah, you're kidding me. So they insist that I was born with a tail. So uh, at some of the shows, if my mom's at the, in the audience, I'll, uh, I'll joke about her having written this song. Although she didn't. I did. So uh, anyway, it's a, it's a great song. It's got some of my favorite lyrics in it. Uh, the bugle of my backside blows the blues in B. I think I read some quote from Chaucer or something like that, where he said something about the bugle of his backside, and I added the blues and B part, I suppose. But uh, it's still it's it's pretty funny stuff. Um, yeah, I'm I'm really happy with this song. I'm proud of it, and I just I wish I liked the whole record better. I feel like all the Rick Sims songs on it sound great, and all of the Super Sucker songs on it just kind of sound okay. I don't know why that is, but. Um, I don't know, maybe I'm just being picky because people love the record and I'm proud of it. So, you know, they're all my children, I suppose, in a way. Anyway, here it is, Born With A Tail.
Anyway, this next song I'm about to do is a uh, Super Suckers classic, Creepy Jackalope Eye. A lot of people have been asking about this one. And uh, this song appears on the um, ridiculously titled La Mano Cornuda record. I don't know why we just didn't call it The Horned Hand, but we thought we had to be a little bit fancy, I suppose. I think it's because we had just been to Spain and we had some success in Spain with our first record. And so we were trying to kick it up a notch by uh, throwing some Spanish out there. And uh, this song is the first song on that record, and it starts off with a Rudy Ray Moore sample. We were all into Dolomite back then, so uh, that's where the, this album's dedicated to the good fuckers and those who want to be good fuckers comes from. And uh, this song is inspired, I guess, I had this uh, taxidermy jackalope hanging on my wall for a long time. And uh, I was just, I kind of, I think I wanted to make up like a sort of a Pixies-ish sort of song. It has this kind of cool chord progression. C, D minor, A major, back to D minor, C, which I think is kind of cool. Um, and I, what I like about this song is the way uh, I compare the jackalope to basically organized religion and the Bible, the believability of both. Like, you know, people believe that jackalopes are real just like they believe that the Bible is true. So uh, I felt like that was kind of a clever way to go about uh, using the jackalope. Although singing the words creepy jackalope eye, it doesn't really flow off the tongue like, <laughs> like a popular song ought to, I suppose. But that's, that's my curse. All right, here we go. Creepy jackalope eye. Truth is always a place that's right in front. 
Immensely thrilled when Steve Earle covered that song, and he did a great job of it. And uh, if you want to check out an alternative version of that, look for Steve's version of it. It's really good, and it makes it seem like it's a real song made by a real band. This is Eddie Spaghetti from the greatest rock and roll band in the world, the Super Suckers, and you are here with me on the Bone Bat Show. All right, once again, that was Eddie Spaghetti from the Living Room Sessions with Born with the Tail and Creepy Jackalope Eye. You can pick that up for $6.66 for each <laughs> volume at supersuckers.com. So what else has been different for you since we've been quarantined? Uh, you said you're doing the shopping mostly for your family? Yeah, my family hasn't been out of the house. My wife had to go into work a couple of times but other than that, she's been working from home. And my kids, they rarely leave their bedrooms. I, <laughs> I yell, you know, dinner, and then they come out. And that's about that. So, and I'm not going out. The only other thing I would do is I try to go walk, uh, and mm. walking on the green belts in the neighborhood as a, a way to just get out of the damn house. And everyone walking around the green belt is, for the most part, practicing distancing. And a lot of them, have a mask on or mask on them, even though you're not required to outside. Mm. I've been wearing a goddamn mask outside just because I'm so fucking allergic to whatever's mm. in the air right now. So Either that or I have the coronavirus. as much for the allergies as it is for concern of coronavirus. Uh, for me, yeah, it's an allergy thing. For other people, I don't know. Maybe, maybe they're feeling like they need to be extreme. So the place I live... It's got low instance of the infection. It also has a lot of people. It's a college town, so there's a lot of people that are educated, and and everyone sort of embraced the whole uh, let's let's be good about this thing. And so, as I understand it, they're they're practicing good social distancing, masking up when they go into the store. Yeah, you go into any store to to buy your groceries, or you go to the farmers market. And everyone's got a mask on. There's there's no one not in a mask. There's no jackass trying to make some kind of a point about Jesus and Bill Gates or something. Yeah, it's it's interesting here because the few times I've visited Seattle, which is filled with, you know, beautiful young people, those people don't wear masks so much. They distance, but they don't wear masks. Whereas when you come in the suburbs, you go to a store in Redmond, everybody's wearing a mask. And it's markedly different. Like you really notice, wow, nobody's wearing a mask here in town. And then you come back and, and everybody's got it. So that, that's kind of an interesting difference here. That the so suburbs, they'll let them in the store without a mask on? Yeah. yeah. Oh, it was wow. interesting. I went to a liquor store in Seattle. And uh, I, I walk in and I'm wearing my mask. And they say, excuse me, can you please stand there on the X? And I said, sure. And she goes, okay, can you take your mask off and look at the camera? And then you put your mask back <laughs> on and go shopping. 
I'm like, I wondered how they do that. I completely understand everything you said, and I'm glad to oblige. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> That's totally fine because I look like a fucking burglar, and I yeah. don't. And I, uh, I, I completely understand uh, why you'd say that. I think that day too, I was wearing a uh, Great Loop Gator from our friend Harold's company. Oh, right on. So I looked like even more like a gangster than usual because I had this big gray thing, you know, from my neck up over my nose. And then probably my glasses were dark from being outside and a hat. So, yeah, I totally looked like a thief. Yeah. And you were carrying a machine gun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, like it was a machete, but, you know. <laughs> that would be much more your speed, a machete. <laughs> <laughs> Amongst friends, though, who cares? So, yeah, right. so, you know, most of the time you see people are, are wearing masks. Uh, younger people tend not to do so, so much. And I sort of get that. You know, if you look at the, the numbers, less than 20%, right, of the, the sickness has been people under 30 or whatever. So you're, you're less likely to get it. And if you do get it, you're going to power through it if you're younger. So I sort of get it. If, especially if you think, oh, I'm not going to see any people who are in a critical category. But uh, still, I'm choosing to, you know, be much more careful about it and wear a mask. And I usually wear one glove when I go in a store. So if I'm going to touch anything or handle anything or, you know, use the credit card machine, I'm using a gloved hand. You're like Michael Jackson. And then I'll chuck the glove when I get back to the car. Well, you know, we only have one box of gloves. I figured they'd last a little longer that way. <laughs> That's true. I suppose so. <laughs> so. So how do you feel about things reopening? Because they're starting to talk about that now. Um, I think right now we're th- two, two and a half weeks away from, in Washington, phase two starting, which would allow people to eat in restaurants again. Bookstores and things like that that are non-essential businesses can open. And as long as they'd use, you know, sneeze shields in front of the cash register and social distancing within the store, they'll be able to open up. Are you, are you looking forward to that? Or do you think that you'll be kind of trepidatious and wait a little while and see what happens before you start to resume your life? I'm looking forward to it, but I'm also going to be trepidatious because that is a fantastic word. And and I, I probably will like just dip a pinky toe in. I feel like there's so many unknowns. All we can do is ask the people that seem to know the most about it and follow their advice. And right now, I think where you live and where I live, the governors of these states are asking the people who know the most and and making decisions that seem to be for the good of the whole, but not totally bongo brain. So I, I'm going to I, you know, maybe I'm just like every other American. Everyone, every American seems to think that their own governor is doing things the right way. But I'll, I'll see how it goes. But I'm not going to jump right in and get into a crowded uh, situation and rub my face on strangers mm-hmm. and then go visit an old folks home because I'm not a dick. Does it still, so, so you were able to call up and get tested, though, which is not my understanding of how it is in most of the country right now. That they, They'll talk to you and if they think you've probably got it or there's a good chance you can get tested, but they're not just testing everybody. Well, that's because I live in California, not one of these fuck-ass flyover states. Fuck you. (laughs) Don't put that in there. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's my understanding it's not that way everywhere as well. But they're having free testing for anyone who wants it here. And you have to make an appointment. And I think I was just lucky I was able to make an appointment uh, the same day. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's always the case. And there was a line, but it wasn't a, a... 
insane crowd or anything. Mm-hmm. But I think I just my timing was good is all. I heard that today that the president is making everybody in the White House wear a mask, but he and the vice president don't have to. <laughs> so they can make out. <laughs> <laughs> well, Trump doesn't want to get orange makeup all over his mask, right? That's they, right. Was yeah. It you who said that? Online? I believe so. The entire uh, Republican resistance to medicine is all because the president doesn't want to get orange makeup on a mask. <laughs> Fucking a. <laughs> so weird the stands that the Republicans take. Like, no, we're against medicine. <laughs> <You're>, wait, <laughs> what? We're against science and data. Fuck. <laughs> Pretty soon they're going to come out against gravity. Fuck gravity! <laughs> Listen, if George I could, I'd just float away is, right now. <laughs> yeah, you know what? The Democrats, they the don't want you to fly. Libs, the fucking libs are keeping us stuck to the ground. Libtards, I want everyone like it because they're, they're going to have a gravity tax. You know they own the shoe companies. <laughs> gravity panels. It's coming. <laughs> gravity panels. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to have to ask somebody if you can stay stuck to the ground. Now, by the same token, I could see the you know, perhaps a, a bizarro democratic movement coming out trying to convince us that we're running out of gravity. And we really need to conserve <laughs> gravity. People, you need to dress light. It's not just global warming. We're running out of gravity. Yeah, it could be. I don't fucking know. <laughs> I don't even just... <laughs> if someone wrote this plot, it would be thrown in the garbage. It makes no goddamn sense. <laughs> I saw a meme of that last week. You know, I think we should get rid of the murder hornet's plot. It's just too, it's one plot point too many. And it's really nonsensical after the whole coronavirus thing and everything else that we've had. Murder hornets is just one too many. I think we should lose that subplot. That was great. I I totally agree. (laughs) What's next? Like, oh, we got venomous erasers. You know, they hide on the shelf with the other erasers. (sighs) Venomous. Yeah, it's just getting worse. Well, you know what? We've got a bunch of quarantine and Corona-related music to play. So uh, why don't we uh, hit this next one? This is from Kirby Crackle, who just released this last week. This is called Quarantine. Every day, 
and wash your hands. Get choke, you can get corona, and I don't mean a beer. In fact, your boss can ruin your career. No one wants COVID 19 in their face. We don't want corpses all over the place. So help stop the spread of germs that make people sick. And go into the bathroom and lather up, just like you think. Sanitize in the sink. You've seen the news, meet their demands. Take 20 seconds. And wash your hands, lather up, just like you think. Sanitize in the sink. You've seen the news, meet their demands. Take 20 seconds and wash your hands to prevent the spread of coronavirus. COVID time, time to stay at home when you want to go out into the world. COVID time, put all of your masks on to save every boy and every girl. COVID time, one more shot of alcohol, we're all drinking more whiskey and beer. COVID time, please remain at home, really, you must stay here.
Kyle Stevens, a.k.a. Kirby Crackle, and you're listening to The Bone Bat Show. All right, once again, that was Kirby Crackle's brand new single, Quarantine, followed by Wash Your Hands, another one from the Falcons of Fine Dining, which has been uh, rewritten with new COVID-friendly lyrics. And then following that, uh, my own band, Social Media, with our cover of uh, Closing Time, by uh, Semisonic that was called COVID Time. I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, we had a lot of fun putting together a music video uh, a couple of weeks ago, and uh, everybody's been kind of digging it, so uh, it's a lot of fun to play that on the show as well. Multimedia triage, man. Uh, you've had a lot of time, a lot of downtime lately. What have I you have. Been, what have you been playing? What have you been listening to? What have you been watching? Tell you the upside, if there is an upside to this whole quarantine thing is, I got a lot of time at home right when a new XCOM game came out. <laughs> and I've been playing XCOM Chimera Squad uh, quite a bit. And it's it's fun. It's different than the, the XCOM you might know and love, but it's, it's quite a bit the same as well. Instead of having a, a real expansive, you can go anywhere, a lot of things outside of your control situation, you start with a squad of like four, which quickly goes to five members, and then you keep those members the rest of the game. I think as time goes on, you might get, I don't know, seven or eight total. But it's the same core group that you're you're going through every time. And if you kill somebody, if one of your guys dies on a mission, you just start the mission over. It's, it's not like the permadeath XCOM situation where you can do a seven-hour game and just slowly burn through all your guys and resources and die at the end it, it <laughs> like i always do yeah like that it, it kind of takes no care way of i'm gonna win this game i could start <laughs> all over again or just play something else now i can play four more hours i know how it's gonna end <laughs> me losing so it's not like that the other weird thing is uh it doesn't really matter that much if your guys get shot up during the mission because they're, for the most part, just fine and ready to go the next mission. You know, XCOM, someone gets shot in the leg. And you're like, oh, god damn it. So there's no Dungeon Degenerates bullshit where you have to put him in an abbot for six weeks. <laughs> right. <laughs> in, in a leg cast, a full leg cast, to get your team back up and running. Nah, you can occasionally develop what they call a, a scar, and it'll say, uh, you know, you're, you've got the specific kind of scar that makes it so you... Uh, move fewer squares or you have worse aim or you can't do critical hits as easily or you can't dodge 
you know, your, your stats go down and then you can put them in training for two or three turns and they come back good as new. So there's a little bit of, of don't get your guys too terribly shot up, but it's, it's not a big deal. Like in the regular XCOM and, and here's the deal. You pick your guys at the beginning and for the love of God, pick the medic as one of your crew. I'd say the medic and the, the <laughs> right. snake lady are the most powerful ones. But there's there's probably like 12 different ones you can pick from. You, you pick out a core group of four, and that's what you get, and off you go. And, but they can be human. They can be alien. You, you know, there's the snake alien. There's the, the psychic alien. Um, everyone's sort of a riff on things you've you've seen in XCOM in the past. There's so a couple these guys from the get-go? Units. You don't have to unlock different races like in some of the games previously? Right. You have them. Now, they level up. The more missions they go on, they, they get more skills. Right. But it's a very limited uh, tech tree. It's a very limited skill tree that they climb. Okay. You either have one choice or no choice. It just goes, and this is your new thing. Love it. But still, it's that tactical missions. They get a lot of tactical decisions without nearly as much of the uh, strategy overlay. There's some strategy, but not nearly as much. Uh, but still, I'm liking it, and geez, I, it was ten bucks on Steam, and oh, you can play it wow. with a controller. Yeah, yeah. I, I bought it on sale, but I, the regular price is twenty. I got it for ten. It might still be for sale for ten. I don't know. Well, you didn't even know it was coming out, right? I think I, I like emailed you. I'm like, hey, have you? Did you see this? Well, and yeah, I, I, saw I thought it. it was like a Facebook game. I didn't even realize it was yeah, on Steam. <laughs> yeah. No, at that point, I was I was already uh, into it. But at oh, first, okay. I didn't want to buy it because I thought you couldn't play it with a controller and i didn't want to mouse and keyboard that game but you can you can play it with regular old xbox controller i'm playing it like that it's no problem okay excellent yeah so check it out for god's sakes pick the medic character you want the medic (laughs) there you go uh what else i saw a series on netflix that i had only just sort of glanced at in the past i was gonna watch season two of dead to me but for some reason netflix was having trouble broadcasting that when i tried to tune in so i watched i am not okay with this what a pleasant surprise only seven episodes they're like 20 minutes long each one and it's about a teenage girl who's going through the tough times of high school and developing superpowers much to her chagrin and trying to keep them hidden. It's based on a graphic novel, which I never read. And the acting is absolutely top notch. You know, it's going to have a, <laughs> an explosive ending because the very first 10 seconds show her walking away from something and then running. And she's covered head to toe in somebody else's blood. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, you kind of keep that image in your mind as she's slouching through high school trying to get a sense of herself but the actress is so good she reminds me of the uh, the main guy in mr robot how he could convey a whole slew of different thoughts and emotions w- just with his face without saying anything let the camera sit on his face and he'll tell you a whole story and she does the same thing i thought i thought she was great That's so awesome. check that out i am not okay with this you know uh, a netflix series that uh, we just finished there's two seasons of it, and it is just super, is The Kingdom. Have you heard of this one? I watched episode one. I thought it was beautifully shot. Probably something I'm going to come back to. Yeah, so it's a, a Korean series. Uh, it is kind of like 
Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon with Zombies. It is sort of this <laughs> epic, historic tale of uh, this, the Emperor of Korea is sick and nobody quite knows what's going on and his queen is pregnant and he has a son from a previous marriage so the son is the crown prince but as soon as this infant is born to the queen he is going to lose his place in the legal procession and uh then his father dies as a result of being turned into a zombie and so everything goes into like just chaos. The crown prince leaves the city trying to find out what happened to his father. In the meantime, uh, the head of the political uh, machine there does the full sheriff of Nottingham and has like his soldiers out looking for the crown prince and accusing him of treason. And so he's this is this is Korean Game of Thrones with zombies is what this is just freaking so well done cast of thousands covered in blood great looking zombies Uh, the characters are great the action is great he's got like the, the crown prince has this sidekick who is just very funny and charming and great to see on the screen and we mowed through two seasons worth of like I want to say six to eight episodes each in about five days it was that good wow so yeah definitely check out the kingdom um the way they leave it at the end of the second season there's definitely a third season coming and uh, i look forward to seeing it i was really looking forward to something to binge we were had sort of found this dead period between good shows where we didn't have anything to watch and uh, we discovered this through uh, our friends at strange eons and uh, wow just a, a great show a lot of fun yeah, you could have watched The Expanse. You could have watched Rick and Morty, finished, and you went back and up The Expanse. We're oh, okay. That. I take it all yeah, back. no, I we take it all back. a bunch of stuff. Rick and Morty, I still haven't finished. I haven't finished uh, BoJack Horseman. I don't know. There's a. Few oh, you're things. not going to like BoJack Horseman. You know, don't do we that. We watched to the yourself. first two seasons. It was, it's okay. It's funny, but uh, yeah, Julie doesn't love it. You know, and so you're, you're trying to find something you both like. So that's that's always uh, a little bit of a trade-off to try to find a series that appeals to everybody who wants to watch. So, You know what? Uh, let's jump into a, a couple more tunes right now, and then we'll uh, finish up. All right, let's do it. All right. Uh, why don't we listen to one from our friends in Sorsha? This is a live version of their tune, Repression. A salute to the last live music show I saw several months ago. Uh, and uh, we'll be back soon with a few more reviews.
just a clone Feels like I'm on my own I've been, I've been testifying For the rest of my life For the rest of my life I feel like I'm gonna be testifying For the rest of my life Yeah, yeah Come on, bring it up Just bring it up for the centuries Bring it up for the feelings When you're losing them beaches Once again, Sorsha with Repression live at McCoy's. Uh, you can find their stuff at sorsha.bandcamp.com. They've got three awesome T-shirts with art by Mike Hawkins, who is a, an amazing artist and a longtime friend of ours. He's done the Bone Bat shirts a couple of times, and uh, his art is just awesome. The uh, Ouroboros Sorsha shirt I would recommend to you, Gord. I think you'd dig that one. Is that how to say it? That was Ouroboros. Uh, I don't know, but either way, you should check it out. I will check it out. Following that, from the Supersonic Soul Pimps and their release, Auto Empire, a few years back, that was Testify, featuring the late, great Sean Smith. I hope you enjoyed that one as well. Uh, Just wanted to mention, too, um, the first Friday of June, uh, once again, Bandcamp will be waiving their fees for independent music. So on that day, if you happen to buy music from any of these groups who sell their stuff through Bandcamp, they get a bigger cut that day. So uh, if you are considering supporting any of these acts, uh, please take a look on, uh, I think it's June 5th. Yeah, on June 5th. that's a, a good time to take advantage of a better deal. You can either buy the stuff for a little cheaper or pay the same price and the band gets uh, more of a cut. So it's a win-win. Win. So back to you, dude. All right. So this is something I want to talk about. You brought it up on the show a couple of times. Scott Siglar, the author of these crazy 
sci-fi football books. I finally started reading them and uh, really, really enjoying the hell out of them. And I know the next one in the series is coming out soon. But so far, I've read The Rookie. I've read Title Fight, read The Starter, The All-Pro, and The Writer. And, you know, I'm not going to dwell on this. You've already talked about these books. But multi-race football in the future in with space. in space <laughs> obviously and by multi-race i don't mean like different shades of skin on humans i'm talking humans and several other creatures that live with us in the galaxy all playing football there's an organized crime element to it um and i guess you know some of the novellas the title fight is about uh gangster who's in the uh, the football books, but it's about him and a uh, essentially UFC fight between a, a super, super overpowered human and a member of an alien race fighting to the death in the ring. And then the rider is about another extreme sport. Uh, in the future, they, they take dinosaur DNA and they mutate it a bit. And people ride these things and, and joust and fight <laughs> on dinosaurs. And just, you know, the humans are using dinosaurs from planet Earth. The other races from other planets, they use their own. Really fun stuff. So I guess I guess it's about sports, not just football. But the main books are football books. And The Gangster, the next one in the series, is coming out soon. So check out Scott Siglar's work. Uh, you'll dig it. So you, you haven't read the MVP and the Champion then, book four and book five? No, I'm still going through it. Okay. I, I read those, what, five books or whatever, and then that was enough for the moment, and yeah. I went back and started reading. I read book two, and now I'm reading book three in the Shattered Sea trilogy. Okay, nice. Yeah, I uh, I haven't read The Writer or Title Fight yet. Oh, well, but, those are part uh, of the story. Dude. Yeah, I, I didn't what? realize that, uh, but uh, he recently uh, put out a bunch of his work for free, including this series, right? Yeah. And uh, it's a great time to dip your toe into it. It's such a a wonderful bit of just everything but the kitchen sink creativity. Like when you're a kid and you grab all your toys and there's no IP concerns of crossover. Star Wars guys are going to fight the fucking (laughs) mob while riding dinosaurs. It's that kind of shit. He takes Star Wars and The Godfather and football and mashes it up. And it, it sounds nuts, but it's so much fun. And, so- and he's really, really into football. This yeah. is a guy who's into football in real life, and but you can tell. That's just one of the things he does. His horror novels are totally great, too. This guy is a renaissance man. Yeah. He is doing all kinds of crazy stuff. He's got his own universe of Scott Siglar stuff. Yeah. That's just he's just a creative guy that's always going. Amazing. Yeah. yeah, there's always neat stuff. So yeah, I couldn't recommend it more as well. It's he's he's a lot of fun. So uh what about you? You've been watching any other movies? You know, uh so I don't know how you feel about this, but right when the quarantine happened, immediately uh, Universal Pictures put a couple of films on video on demand. And so, you know, you're looking at those, and you're like, ah, 20 bucks. I don't know. That seems kind of expensive. But if Julie and I both watch it, it's 10 bucks each. 
and uh, you know we're not buying popcorn, so I guess that's not too bad. So we we did watch uh, two of the ones that they released, uh, The Hunt and Invisible Man, both of which we really enjoyed. The Hunt is this really much funnier than I thought it would be, tongue in cheek sort of a political thing where the the elites are hunting sort of it's a manhunt type of a deal. Most this, dangerous game. Yeah, this this film actually got pulled after Trump kind of heard wind of it and knocked it and it lost its release date and I think it's studio and then got uh, put out by Blumhouse but it is really fun and there's a lot of good kind of jabs at both sides that make it a lot of fun it knows what it's doing the script is clever and it's totally entertaining and then on the other side the invisible man is uh, just a really well done twist on a classic horror tale a very tense uh kind of unexpected uh, some things happen in it that you don't see coming and we enjoyed that as well so those see, are i the wanted two. to see the yeah. invisible man but i felt like i saw the invisible man because of the you know 14 minute long trailer that you have to watch <laughs> in order to go see the movie that you're paid to see right no and, no it's it's worth your time and especially okay. now you know pretty soon it'll be you'll be able to get it for seven bucks or whatever the normal price and you should definitely do that. But uh, I'm kind of I was intrigued by, you know, the, the idea of, OK, can first run movies work at home? And I think though, like there was that animated trolls movie that made a shit ton of money and caused all this controversy because Universal said, you know, well, first run video on demand is going to be part of our thing now. And then one of the theater chains said, I think AMC, maybe, well, fuck you. Then your films are not going to be playing in our theaters anymore. Well, that's not quite what happened. That, that's what was reported, but oh, they said really? they... okay, go ahead and they, tell the they real tale. Well, yes. They said they would play their films, but they wouldn't play films that didn't respect the release on a video date. So it wasn't that this thing was going on video, it's that they changed it up and said, nope, now it's going on video. That's, that's what made them go, okay, we're not playing that one. We're going to still play your movies, we're just not going to play the movies that you, you know, change the release date on us, or, or send it to video without clearing it with us first that's what happened there yeah but that was that was a rollback to the universal saying oh no no no, we didn't really mean that we'll still take care of our theater partners and then that was a response to that as far oh, as is that what it was my understanding yeah because the story i read like had a big correction on it it says correction yeah. yesterday we reported that they would said they weren't going to play any of their movies but actually what they yeah, said was i think there was a lot of uh enthusiasm on both sides and dicks whipping out on tables (laughs) and that you know cooler heads prevailed after they figured out that there's a bunch of money to be had by everyone but yeah there are movies i think i would find myself at some point i love going to the movies but there are some things that i might say you know what Eh, i'd rather see the lighthouse at home than go to the theater for that one yeah and you know there's some damn good movies that are premiering on netflix extraction was really that was a lot of fun. That was a good fucking movie. great action movie, right? Yeah, yeah, it was that was excellent. Yeah, I saw that as well. Yeah, and if you have a TV and surround sound speakers and you can plop yourself in front of it, why not? You know what I recently did was uh, our local art house independent movie theater, the Varsity Theater in town. They're closed, obviously, and they're doing a thing where you can watch movies sort of through their portal so they still get a cut so if you go to say like if that. you go to davisvarsity.net and scroll through 
a bunch of movies that they would be playing, you know, a bunch of foreign films and art house films and stuff. You can go, oh, I want to see this one. And they get a cut and you stream it to your house, your TV, your computer or whatever. I like that. I like the idea of being able to support businesses that, uh, you know, maybe it's difficult for you to get to. Maybe I want to. There's a certain event at Alamo Draft House in Austin that I would want to support that I can't because I live in fucking Seattle. You know, I, I would do things like that, I think, on occasion. You know, did you watch uh, the Frankenstein that the National Theater put out with Benedict Cumberbatch as the monster? And uh, that was really good, and it was very cool. Like, at the end, they said, hey, if you thought this was an excellent show, uh, please, you know, give us a few bucks. And uh, they're playing a new play every week, I think, right now that, uh, I don't know, there's a lot of good culture that is being fed into the marketplace because we can't go out and see things. Yeah, and you know, I think I talked about the movie Fat Fantastic Fungi last time we did a podcast. I think I did. It was a long time ago. Anyway, you can see that movie for five bucks through davisvarsity.net, and I don't think it's available video on demand on any other platform right now. So that's absolutely worth your while if you if you want to do that. You know, there's another thing. Speaking of Frankenstein, if you watch Frankenstein's Monsters, Monster Frankenstein. No, it's Is a it like it's a, a short and Gildenstern are dead type of deal. I don't know. It's like 20 minutes long. It's on Netflix and it's one of those things I'm going to be watching very soon. I just noticed it. And the the guy, the main character, who I guess is playing both the, the creature and the scientist is the guy who was in Stranger Things, the sheriff. So it looks ridiculous. I, I'm kind of excited about it. Yeah, he was he was an extraction. Oh, that's right. He was, wasn't he? Like that was that was sort of a surprise. And he's yeah, yeah uh, David Harbor, right? Right. He, I was like, you're you're watching him, and you know, it's basically Chris Hemsworth and nobody else you've ever seen before, but some people who are probably like huge in Indian film or Bollywood film. Yeah. Like you got the feeling because there's other like these really juicy roles, and you're like, oh, I bet that this is like playing to two different markets. That's pretty cool. And then David Harbour, out of nowhere, is like playing this seedy fucking character in the middle of this movie, which was very cool. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, the movie was directed by a guy that's a, a stunt coordinator. has done some pretty high-profile movies up until now, and this is his first movie that he's actually directed by himself. And you can tell because it was like – it was kind of a stuntman's or stunt coordinator's wet dream it's like we're gonna have a gunfight and then a car chase and then some and then they're, they're gonna fight in a hall and they're gonna fight in a building and, the, and there's some kung fu and like just brutal brutal yeah um, no if you if martial you like arts too like, damn yeah if you dig something like john wick this should be the that's next what it made thing, me think of yeah the next thing on your cue of hey let's watch this well i think the guy was one of the wasn't he one of the fight choreographers on the john wick films oh i don't know if he was on john wick i know he uh, was on the um avengers movies though oh okay maybe that's it anyway yeah totally cool movie oh so the yeah. the frankenstein thing so it's a uh, the benedict cumberbatch paid, played the monster and johnny lee miller played dr frankenstein and then the following week they switched roles and <laughs> i guess during the, th- the theater run they switched every night so every other night would be one or the other would be playing the opposite role which was very interesting. It's uh, directed by Danny Boyle from Train Spotting, Slumdog Millionaire, uh, Twenty Eight Days Later, and uh, just a pretty cool thing to check out. So you've got that, and then a new play every week from National Theater. So definitely worth checking out. 
Right on. All right. You know, since we're talking movies and whatnot, why don't we uh, score with some soundtrack music? <laughs> See what I did there? We've been listening to Thomas Andrew Doyle this whole show, but now let's shine the spotlight right on one of the more dramatic tunes from Accretion Mass. This is Axis.
once again some amazing new music from Thomas Andrew Doyle from Accretion Mass that was called Axis and also another soundtrack cut this is a cover of Basil Polidaris's uh, tune from the Conan soundtrack Anvil of Crom as Put out by Deep Cuts this week. Yadron Conan Gonzalez from Ex Mortis. Craig Spencer on guitar. Joel Weingarten from Pyramaze on orchestration. And Noah Martin, bass, and Sean Priest on drums from Arsis. Uh, very cool stuff there. Thank you, Yadron, for allowing us to play that on the show. What else? You know, the only other thing I think we ought to talk about is we both saw this, uh, the platform. I have not seen the platform. Oh, but God damn it, Steve. Totally forgot about it. How am I going to talk to you about this? First of I all, this isn't a movie it. for every. I sort of get it, but you can talk about it. It's fine. Yeah. No, the, the idea is that uh, there's a, a prison of sorts, and depending on what level you're on, you have more access to food because the cells are a room with a big hole in the middle of the floor, and a platform descends from the top to the bottom, and at the very top, they fill the platform with food. And it it's, it pauses for a, a small amount of time on each floor and then goes down. You know, So if you're way at the top, hey, fresh food. But you get moved around from time to time. You get like 30 days in your cell, and then you get moved to a random floor. Is it based upon like good behavior or the severity of your crime? Nope. There's no rhyme or reason, and it's two people per cell. So you you wake up and you're in a cell with someone, and you got to spend the next thirty days with them, assuming you know one of you doesn't die or something. And then at the end of the thirty days, knock out gas, and then you wake up somewhere else. Wow. So it's a it's a Spanish film. If you're not into weird, if you want everything spoon fed. Uh, if you don't want to think too much, don't watch this movie. But if you want some weird-ass cinema that's really, really well done, uh, check out the platform. Yeah, thanks for the reminder. I had totally spaced on this. There was a short that uh, you and I both uh, really enjoyed a few years ago, tried to get for the film festival, didn't work out. This sort of was a precursor to this thematically. So when I saw this, I thought, hey, that's uh, something I should check out. And then I completely spaced because the kingdom and whatever else. So I'll have to get back on that. Get on that, man. I'll do it. Go spend 90 minutes and then explain the end to me. (laughs) Okay. One other thing, Gord, uh, you know our good friend Zoran Gavoyich. Oh, yeah. I know the guy. I can't say his name, but I know the guy. <laughs> so he has a new project he's been doing since the quarantine has been on, and uh, it's very cool. So it's called Unproduced Live, and what he does is he finds scripts for films that have never been made. So, for instance, did you know that there's a movie for an Indiana Jones film called Indiana Jones and the Monkey King? No. It, this film was never made, probably Sounds because terrifying. it wouldn't have been very good. And he gets a bunch of his comedian and voiceover friends to take on different roles, and they read the scripts aloud via Zoom on YouTube. And it's super fun. Uh, They mix things up by people who are uh, in the chat can call out voices. And so Zoran might say, hey, okay, in this next scene, you're Indiana Jones, but you're doing it as Stewie from Family Guy. (laughs) 
And some of these voiceover people, uh, like there's a guy named Ted Evans who's just amazing. The guy seems to have a thousand different voices. And uh, it's so much fun. Now, we've really been enjoying this sort of interactive script thing. It's a little inside baseball, a lot of comedy. It's very funny. There's there's been uh, scenes where he just has like all seven actors do Arnold Schwarzenegger at the same time, which is absolutely <laughs> madness. It's too much fun. So uh, this week uh, they did the first half of a Freddy Meets Jason movie that was never made. And it was super fun. It was also featuring uh, Mark Cusper and uh, Whitney Jones, who have been in a lot of the low-carb comedy videos. Uh, he was in Fourth Rule of Gremlins, Cusper was. Okay, and nice. Whit- yeah, and Whitney Jones was Carrie in the Social Media Asicist film. So, I mean, it's really cool to see those guys again with these other comedians, and it's lots of fun. So it's every Friday night at 6 p.m. on YouTube. Uh, look for the Low Carb Comedy channel, and it's a, just an absolute blast. you got to check it out. Right on. So uh, one thing that we should talk about is uh, because the Bone Bat Film Festival has been delayed, uh, the other things in the world keep on keeping on. And uh, one of those things is Scare Package. So the uh, feature that we had originally signed to uh, premiere in Seattle uh, at our film festival in April, they are now going to be screening that film on Shutter, Shutter. which is very cool. Uh, it's currently the home of Joe Bob Briggs. Uh, we've been watching The Last Drive-In uh, just about every other week, and that's a lot of fun. Uh, so uh, I can't think of a better home for that film. Uh, it probably means we won't be able to show it here in Seattle. We'll see what happens when we finally get a rescheduled date. But uh, either way, the film is an absolute blast, and you want to look it up and see it. So June 18th on Shutter, you can have your opportunity to see Scare Package featuring uh, shorts from uh, a number of the award winners from our festival, which is really cool. So check that out. Yeah, I'm really happy for their success because it's a hell of a film. And I still hope we can show it. Probably can't, but we might. It's not dead. It's not quite dead. But if we don't, we still love those guys. And it's celebrating a genre of film, the horror comedy, that we know and love dearly. So to have this out in the world and uh, available for you to watch as you continue your quarantine, that's a good thing, too. So there you go. So watch it. Why don't we listen to a couple more tunes, and then we'll uh, come and wrap it up. Okay. Okay. uh, Can we just wrap it up, or do we have... No, go on. No, we got more music, man. So from... (laughs) This is a brand new one from Lex, the Lexicon artist, and her new album called Alter Ego. This song just fucking slaps. It is called I Know. Guess who? place to be did y'all miss me yo you're the best yeah i know i know i know killer sad yeah i know i know i know i'm impressed yeah i know i know i know thank you so much for coming out to the show though you're the best yeah i know i know i know killer sad yeah i know i know i know i'm impressed yeah i know i know i know thank you so much for coming out to the show so Walk up to the stage and sit Put my fingers round the mic that I just graced with a check Spit some raps at all the randos get them onto my side Couple minutes back somebody asked if I was the sound guy Alright I knew this would happen, I'm fucking used to it Been at this for three years, 
Because technically I'm still new to it Imposter syndrome swarming I chop them off like Medusa heads I'm allergic to boring You got me taking a Sudafed Assuming makes an ass of you and me Which isn't my Chinese name But it's the word for the thing Went to war with armor Made of bars Return with a chink So you can hit me with the slurs And watch me swerve in a blink Cause I'm the lexicon artist That word player life If I married a writer I'd be a word player's wife But I'd rather be alone With my curses of creativity Than spending energy On another person that isn't me You're the best Yeah, I know, I know, I know Killer sex Yeah, I know, I know, I know I'm impressed Yeah, I know, I know, I know Thank you so much for coming out to the show Though You're the best Yeah, I know, I know, I know Killer sex Yeah, I know, I know, I know I'm impressed Yeah, I know, I know, I know Thank you so much for coming out to the show So Even before you speak, I see what you mean I'm still everybody's favorite mind-reading machine But don't come asking for advice Cause my opinions suck My prescriptions all consist of not giving a fuck Please do come to me and talk to me and sing me your praises. If you think I'm dope, then give me shows and bring me your stages. If you're thinking of getting intimate, well, let me rephrase it. This is the closest that you'll get, short of getting me naked. I predicted interactions had by you and me. You hesitate when I ask you to buy a USB. But I'm so old school. And I was born in 94. Once upon a time, I had a CD player. Not anymore. Nope. And to all of you who share my work and wear my shirts, you lovely folks are there by curse to know that everything you're saying, I predicted it first, but I appreciate it anyway, which isn't the worst. Come on! You're the best. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Killer sex. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. I'm impressed. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Thank you so much for coming out to the show, though. You're the best. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Killer sex. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. I'm impressed. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Thank you so much for coming out to the show. So Some people say that I'm a feminist icon. What? I guess I am because I F with the lights on. TMI. They say that I'm an Asian-American activist, but I can't rap in Mandarin and I haven't been practicing. How? So thanks. Reconsider, perhaps? I don't exactly put the role model shit in my raps, but I guess I get it. It feels good to be represented, and I'm happy to represent you if you're feeling like crap. That's a fact. If you like me, then I like you. This is true. This is your mic and my mic, too. And when I spit it, you dig it? Yeah, I already knew. Because that's exactly what you called me to this venue to do. Dude, so keep the compliments coming. It keeps my optimist buzzing. Lest my belief and my confidence drops into nothing. It's funny how my confidence is based on your vote. And I just told you all about it in the song that I wrote. Let's go! You're the best. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Killer sex. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. I'm impressed. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Thank you so much for coming out to the show. Seriously, don't ever say that shit to me again. I'm just kidding, you can say it.
All right. Uh, once again, that was I Know from Lex, the Lexicon artist, and her brand new release, Alter Ego, which you can buy as a USB card on Bandcamp, which is what I did. So uh, support her uh, if you're interested. You can also listen to the rest of the album on Bandcamp and decide if you like it before you buy. But uh, it's really cool stuff. A uh, number of the songs uh, produced by our friend Cloffin Pop. So uh, that's kind of cool. And uh, there's a lot of good jams on it. Uh, also following that from Sam Haynes, the uh, artist who makes such tremendous haunt music, the tune Neon Phantom, a brand new single from him. I hope you dug that as well. All right, so uh, let's wrap the show up. Thank yous. Uh, once again, I'd like to thank all of the musicians on the show tonight. Uh, Detonator, thanks for sharing your work. Uh, two Minutes to Late Night, Guarcinio, very much appreciated. Falcons of Fine Dining, thanks for letting us play Hot in the Walk-In and Wash Your Hands. Sky Penis, thank you. The Farts, thank you. Thank you to the Super Suckers, Eddie Spaghetti, for allowing us to play their stuff. Thanks to Kyle and Kirby Crackle. Thanks to my friends in Social Meteor. Thanks to Sorsha. Thanks to Yadron Gonzalez of Ex Mortis and Deep Cuts, as well as the Supersonic Soul Pimps. Thanks to Tad. Thank you so much to Lex Lexicon Artist and Sam Haynes. Very much appreciated once again. You know, I just want to say that uh, it, to me it's tremendous the amount of creativity that everybody is putting in to the work that they're able to do right now during the quarantine. I mean, there's amazing covers, amazing mixes, amazing complete new works, and uh, it's just a really exciting time in music and we want to keep this amazing music coming uh, go to Bandcamp or the links on the bone bat page and support these independent artists a lot of them are obviously not able to tour right now they're not able to uh, get out there and play music for you so times are tough if you can throw them a few bucks via Bandcamp or their own site and buy some music it is super helpful our usual bullshit. You can reach the show at 425-296-6557 if you wanted to call in. Nobody ever calls in anymore, Gord. I know. They just text. Or you can email us at steve at bonehand.com. Uh, bonehand.com is also the home of the heavy half hour infrequently. So now that we've had Neil Fallon's voice on the show, are we that much closer to landing the Clutch interview? Oh, I'd love to feature Clutch on the show. We've been we'll, we've been wanting to do this for years. Yes, I yes. feel like we're close now. We're huge fans, so that would be one of the coolest things ever. We'll so we'll see. Maybe one day you can dream the impossible dream, Gord. That's right. Oh, hey, you know what? I've got a website, and it's mightywombat.com. And I kind of spaced out there, wasn't listening, didn't talk when I was supposed to because I was drawing a cartoon. That's right. I still draw cartoons. I've been selling T-shirts. Right now, my threadless uh, site is having a $15 t-shirt sale, so you can get my stuff on your chest. I actually and ordered a mask from you this week, which seems cool. so weird. You're going to get my stuff on your face. I'm ordering a mask from you. That seems like <laughs> the seriously wrong person to be ordering fucking masks from, frankly. But hey, I've never been smart, so now, Now you've gone and done it, yeah, in this <laughs> topsy-turvy world. <laughs> In Trump's America, coronavirus sells you mask. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, so MightyWombat.com. You can also find my stuff on Facebook because that's where I am. 
You can uh, follow Bonehand on Twitter. I am there. And uh, we also have a Bonebat Twitter feed as well as a Bonebat Facebook group where you can find sweet deals, new releases from bands we featured on the show, shorts from some of our favorite filmmakers, all kinds of cool shit. You want to be following that. Uh, thank you for listening, of course. If you like what we do, please spread the word and tell a friend. One last song tonight, and I am super excited about this, from Lettuce, who has uh, been around a long time, but uh, I am just newly familiar with. I've been really digging their funky blend of music, and uh, the brand new album, Resonate, just came out this last week. They've got a new song called Ndugu, which I'm going to play for you right now. It's kind of my new jam, and uh, I hope you enjoy it as much as I do. So uh, until our next show, stay safe, be well. And uh, this is Steve. This is Gord. Have a good one. I do have a good one.
Twilight Zone. Yeah, we can just say, like, addendum, or in case you were wondering. And we're back. We're This is Stephen Gord from the future. From the future. Not very far in the future. 2020 still sucks. <laughs> Has anything terrible happened? We haven't had anything like murder hornets, have we? Nah, not that I know of, but I'm not going to promise fucking anything at all. <laughs> so, dude, why are we all here? All right, so everyone wants to know. I'm sure yes, everyone, everyone cares. Do you have the Ronas? Did you get the virus? So here's the thing. About 72 hours after I was tested, I got an email and I got a text. Please go to the website to check your status. Your test results are in. Oh, wonderful. My test results are in. So I dutifully log on to the website and I see nothing. Not a goddamn thing. All it says is, uh, no test scheduled. And they have a very simple <laughs> website. The website has the home page, which I'm on, which okay. says no test scheduled. It has log in, log out. <clears throat> that's all that does. And it has uh, the, the page that's your personal information, which hasn't changed at all. I'm still me. And the only other thing on this whole flipping website, besides the lack of information, is a phone number that says if you have a complex health issue, call this phone number. It also says, if you're having trouble with the website, call this number. Same number, so that's kind of sketchy. I'm thinking tech support and medical support in the same phone? <laughs> that's crazy talk. <laughs> that's wild. So I called the number, and it said, please call back during normal business hours. The end. <laughs> And so, behind the scenes, a flurry of texts go back and forth between you and I, because you're like, you know, there's nothing fucking there. And I'm like, well, that probably means it's negative, right? Because I feel like they'd give you a call. You were unconvinced of that. I am still unconvinced yeah. of that, because they, they're doing like tens of thousands of these things, and I also have a friend whose job it is to tell people yes or no, and they don't have a different system or, or anything for the the positives and the negatives it's like everyone is on this list and she goes down the list and and talks to folks so you, or leaves messages for folks or calls folks that are dead and awkwardly talks to their next of kin <laughs> and i'm not making this up <laughs> oh, that's horrible but you see, yeah. uh, you see my thought was that like the legal liability of they send you an email and it just sits there. You don't get the email. And in the meantime, you like go to a grocery store and you infect like 50 people and you're the next patient zero. Like that's on them if they knew you were positive and didn't actively reach out. So that that's where my thinking's coming from. But I guess that's totally wrong. Yeah, I think that's that's totally wrong because there's no way you can. It's, it's kind of like vomit. You can't dust for vomit. <laughs> there's no way you can go. Oh, yeah, I was shopping at Safeway on this date and I was in the vegetable section when that person, you know, brushed a little too close to me. <laughs> wow. So, yeah. So the next day, Friday, first thing in the morning, bright and early, pick up the phone to call him. And I'm like, this, this is going to suck. This is going to be a very, very long time on hold. And I call them up and it's not even a phone where you call and say, and they say, you know, press one for billing, press two for your deadly disease status, press three. No, the only <laughs> thing this freaking phone says is uh, this number is for people who don't have internet access 
and people trying to register a minor. <laughs> That's it. That's all it says. <laughs> and, and then it goes. Your internet access is bad, but I wouldn't say you don't have any internet access. <laughs> that would be an exaggeration, <laughs> given that we're doing this show over the internet. <laughs> okay. And then it says, shocker, we're experiencing high call volume. Sure. Please okay. hold. And then it does the same endless loop of terrible music, you know, 30-second blurb of music over and over and over again until you take a teaspoon and you scoop your own eye out. I hope it was that song from uh, Dawn of the Dead. The gonk? <laughs> yeah. If it was <laughs> the gonk, that would be great. Yeah. Or perhaps just the, you know, the funeral dirge. <laughs> <laughs> all right so you're on hold so i'm on hold i'm on hold i'm on pins and needles just hearing okay this. yeah well get off your penis i i am on hold for a little over half an hour and then a, a voice answers the phone and I, they'd say hello you know can we help you and I, I said look this is my name this is what's up and i i told her very nice lady and she says, oh, well, what's your patient ID number? Which I have. And I give it to her. And then she does the most insecure uh, medical history thing you can imagine. She just goes, oh, so you're Gordon Calkins, born on this date, at this address, with this situation. <laughs> she just like reads out all my stuff to me. And I go, yes. In other words, anyone could call this number. With a little patience, wait for someone to pick up, tell them a seven-digit number, and they will read the medical history name and contact information of whoever that matches up to. Okay, in fairness, it probably had to be the right seven-digit number. Yeah, but I could have called back with a seven-digit number, you know, my number plus one, you know, the next person in line, and find out all their shit if I was so inclined. <laughs> if I had nothing else to do with my time and I really like that song. <laughs> well, it's the gonk. Who doesn't like the gonk? That's fucking great. Good point. So she goes, okay, well, I should tell you, I'm a registered nurse. Uh, and first of all, I'm like, wow, that's, they got a registered nurse answering the phone. That's cool. And and let me look at your results, you know, tappity, 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 tap. Finally, she goes, oh, I've got some good news for you. Your test results were negative. And I went, oh, that's great. She goes, yeah, I really like giving the good news. The end. <laughs> so... <laughs> So there you go, folks. At least according to that test, I am COVID-19 negative for so now. we can continue to say that Bone Bat is COVID-free, mm -hmm. which is awesome. That's right. We don't need to practice <laughs> our social distancing. That's a big selling point here at the Bone Bat Show. <laughs> maybe, maybe our only selling point, frankly. Yeah, quite possibly. So feel free to take off your mask when you're talking to me over the internet. <laughs> I'm not wearing one now. No, me neither. Completely unprotected. So, thanks for caring, folks. Those of you who did care, those or of you as don't. We call it podcasting bareback. <laughs> Is that what we call it? <laughs> what is wrong with you? Okay. Like my mask, it's the same one I keep reusing. So, <laughs> all right. Well, uh, thanks for the update, man. I'm glad you're healthy. Thanks. Me too. And ah. listeners, uh, you be safe and stay well too. And uh, until next time, have a good one. I do apparently have a good one. Nurse approved. <laughs>
Got to go cover my gonk. (laughs) That's it, man. Game over, man. It's game over.